getting sober can feel really hard. And even after you start to feel better, you might wonder what's next. Is it all worth it? Why don't we have more stories out there about what people look like when they're living their best lives sober, when they're dealing with life's ups and downs and doing it all without numbing out? On this podcast, you'll hear those stories. This is Sober in the Sunshine. Hey, hi, everyone. It's Jessica. Sober in the Sunshine is back. I was going to take a break of like maybe two weeks, and I think I took a break of like maybe eight weeks instead. Eight weeks is a lot longer than two weeks, you guys. Oh, wait. No, I did do that little short episode that was like five minutes, letting you know I didn't die and I'm still here, and I was going to be back, and now I'm back. So, yay. Thanks for being here with me. Um, I have an awesome uh, interview for you this week. I talked to Carol, who I met in my online sobriety group. By the way, if you um, ever want to join that group or um, find out more about meeting people online sober, feel free to email me at soberinthesunshine at gmail.com. But I met Carol in the online sober group, and I hugged her at um, this meetup barbecue that we had on the East Coast, and she just had the most amazing energy, this woman, and um, I just loved her from like that moment I mean I had known her online but she's just one of those genuinely warm people so I hope you enjoy her interview and before we get to Carol let's do a pro-life tip this week um first of all I'll tell you if you're recording a podcast turn on your fucking microphone that's a good life tip um yes I forgot to do that when I just started recording this but now we're live we're so professional now okay um your tip this week So I go to Refuge Recovery, and I know I've told you about, I've talked about meditation before, but I wanted to give you another resource on the Insight Timer app. Um, That is a free app, uh, Apple App Store, Google Play Store, whatever, Um, Insight Timer, I-N-S-I-G-H-T. And it's got tons and tons of meditations on it, but I want you to search for this one particular guy. His name is Michael McIntosh, M-A-C-K. I-N-T-O-S-H. And um, he's a little different. He's a British guy and he says aloha at the beginning and the end of his meditations, which is a little weird, Michael. But um, listen, don't judge yet. Go find his um, meditation called completely relaxed. That's the way he says it. Okay, you're going to be completely relaxed. Guys, just try it. If you're like feeling stressed out, you feel like you've got a lot of like um, tension in your body, try the completely relaxed meditation. I did it for like five days in a row after a friend of mine played it at Refuge, um, at Refuge Recovery for our weekly meditation. And it is so freaking relaxing. So just try it. Okay. Let me know what you think of it. This guy's definitely not for everybody. He's a little quirky, but I think you're going to like it. Um, also he talks about like some weird subliminal messaging in it, like putting your brain into theta waves, I think, or fuck, I don't even know if that's the right kind of waves. I think that's the right kind of waves. Anyway, it's going to make you completely relaxed. Okay. So aloha. Um, here's Carol. I hope you guys enjoy. Carol, thank you so much for coming on Sober in the Sunshine today. Well, thank you, Jeff. It's a pleasure to be here. (laughs) <laughs> well, I wanted to tell you, the reason I wanted to interview you was when I first met you at our friend Jeff's house, who actually was the last interview I did, 
um, I met I met you at the meetup that we had, and you were one of those people who I just gave you a hug when we met, mm. and you mm-hmm. just have the most amazing energy. Like mm. I was like, oh my god, I love this woman just right away. And oh, you, just, so you carry that energy with you everywhere. Like online, you can feel it. It's just, but it was so much stronger in person. And I just, I really wanted people to get a feeling of like what you have to share because you have a lot. Well, thank you so much. I felt the same way. I was so impressed that you had the balls to just travel cross country and um, have a barbecue with a bunch of strangers, as I did, but I wasn't that far. Um, that that meet was really important for me. It was early in recovery, and um, meeting in real life, sober community, is so, so important. I was grateful to be there. And anybody who was journeying alongside me, I just feel like, wow, you know, kudos. It's it's not it's not easy. Um, so it was. I felt the same way. I secretly had a girl crush on you, and um, have ever since. And I think what you contribute to the online community, what you're contributing, you know, to the podcast, are it's just wonderful. And um, I'm so proud of you. And you have Aww, a lot um, to offer. You have a lot to offer, my friend. So I'm glad I can help out. And, um, yeah, here I am. So let's talk about um, you said you were in early sobriety, but you've been sober now for three and a half years. Is that right? Or around three years? Um, Three. So my recovery journey started like August. I think I got sober on the second or third in 2015. So, yeah, over three years. I had a pre-contemplative stage that probably lasted, I don't know, maybe like a year. Um, so that was like my you were still drinking and thinking about drinking, thinking about mm-hmm, quitting drinking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay. mm-hmm. But prior to that, I had no attempts at day one. I had no pregnancies. I had no um, major illness. I had nothing that had asked me to uh, put the bottle down. So, therefore, I, I never did. Maybe a diet once okay. in my life, you know. Um, and uh, Yeah. So... Day one, August two or three, and um, yeah, three years, three and. And so, what was that? What was that first year like for you? I mean, like I know, for me, it was really painful in the first few months. Is that how you experienced it as well, or what was it like? So it was. um, I I was in complete shock and disbelief. I blew the whistle on myself, um, and I was pissed. I was pissed, Um, but. You know, it, it, and then I told too many influential people in my life and, uh, I just had to go with it. So I was pretty much in shock and I had a, a complete shit storm going on in my life, um, with my family and its dysfunction. My dad had just passed. My mother, um, has, um, dementia, no short term memory. They had just moved into an assisted living facility just two miles down the road from me. Um, when my dad passed, he just wasn't capable of doing any of, of the dirty work, passed the baton to me, and I had to stop the bleeding. So, you know, not that I want to go rehash all my drinking days and my story, but long of the short. So I'm 51. Um, I got sober when I was 48. I've been drinking since I was probably, uh, not probably, I was drinking since I was like 14. Um, yeah. I come from a long line of alcoholics. My dad was alcoholic. He got sober. When I was probably in middle school, and um, he worked a program early on and then not so much, 
And uh, the dysfunctional dance with my siblings has just carried on. And um, I struggle with family of origin issues, probably always will. Um, but, you know, work in progress and one thing at a time. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So that shitstorm kind of really gave me the aha moment as we were unpacking my childhood home and getting it prepared for sale. I kind of just had that Oprah aha moment and saw my siblings and myself just acutely still feeling the, the, the ill effects of my dad's alcoholism. And um, wow. I just was like, okay, you know what? I, I'm all done. Like, I have to be all done. And I had to assume responsibility for my mom. She was going to be my my new 82-year-old toddler. And um, I, right. never, I never had to be accountable for anybody. And I just knew, right, you know, like I, I, there's no way I could be popping, cracking open a second or third bottle of wine and having the assisted living facility call on me. Right. So it was kind of a perfect storm that, that just uh, manifested for me to um, take a big bite and, and um, yeah, signed up with a and therapist and identified myself so you, as a high-functioning alcoholic, and off I went. Never looked back. So you signed up for a therapist. What well, made yes, you decide like, to go that route instead of, um, instead of maybe going to meetings? Like what made you decide that that was going to be your route? Well, so, you know, in the acuity of my dad's death and my mom's illness and kind of getting the house ready for sale and my other siblings and the dysfunctional stuff that was going on, I just knew that I had, like, way, way too much on my plate. I didn't even think at the time that I was going to go in and identify myself as a high-functioning alcoholic, but I just went to psychology.com, found somebody that yeah. seemed appropriate for my situation, and... um and, um, yeah, and then I went every week for the first year. The first year was tough for me. It was a lot of grief. It was a lot of unpacking of shame. It was a lot of tears. And um, I I didn't know how to process emotion. I had really shitty coping skills, uh, evident as by, you know, me drinking wine every night. That was my that was my skill set for adulting, right? Girl, me too. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Right. So. so you were dealing with grief and early recovery all together. Yeah. You know, it was kind of a blessing and a curse. Um, you know, my mom needed immediate attention. She was grieving. She had lost her husband, her home, and her mind all within a short window. Yeah. I had lost my wow. best friend in my 750-milliliter bottle of wine. So, mm -hmm. you know, we kind of um, secretly supported each other. She had no idea what I was going through. She just, like I said, she has no short-term memory. And... um and I had a lot of mess to clean up, so she kept me um, busy and took the focus off of um, feeling sorry for myself. I had a lot of tasks. I was very tasky in the first couple of months, okay. and then finally when the dust settled, then I kind of realized the enormity of what I had done, right? Oh, like, oh, my God. Like, how am I ever going to live my life? How am I ever going to be? How am I ever, ever, ever going to do pick anything, pick anything? have sex, have fun, interact, go to dinner, go to a movie, go to a wedding, go to a party, go to a – like, how am I going to live life without booze? Because that was a third arm. That was my third arm. I mean, I just normalized it like this culture tells you to, right? And I was good at it. Right. I was really, I was really good at it. Just, no. Well, I was you have this 
you have this like message that you need it for everything, right? That it makes everything yes, better. Yes. So I'll tell you so the, first, I get that. the first book, the first book that saved my life was I have to give credit to Ann Dowsett Johnson with her book Drink. Um, oh, it's it such was a good book. For me. It was pivotal for me and it kind of helped me, um, you know, retrain the brain. And um, mm-hmm. she, she, yes. Mm. Hmm. So yes, she talks about our society being alcogenic and uh, the mm-hmm. pinking, right? Of um, of booze. Yeah, the marketing to women, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge. And of late. So were well, you I'll reading that stuff in? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just you know in the same theme is um, on Instagram, Erin Street. She, her hashtag is, or not hashtag, at Tell Better Stories 2018. And she kind of, um, yes. yeah, she's really got, she's brilliant. She's really got some nice stuff out there. So I find a lot of inspiration She is so her. smart, Erin mm-hmm. Shaw mm-hmm. Street. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can yeah. look her yeah. up by, yeah. her yeah. handle is Tell Better Stories, and she does a hashtag also. And it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wonderful. Were you reading really that stuff in early book. recovery? Because no, 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 no. I mean, it's kind of. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Okay. Um. So yeah, I don't know how I found Anne. I probably found her through the Bubble Hour. So you know, my pre-contemplative, like, oh shit, I should quit drinking. I was probably uh, did the Google, right? Let's take the test from the National Institute of Health or whatever. <laughs> am I or am I, aren't I? Right. And then I, right. think I stumbled upon. Uh, the bubble hour, and then um, yeah, the podcast really saved my life. The two that were had the most influence on my early recovery. Not that shit. I'm still early. It's still early recovery. Um, but the bubble hour. And <laughs> but you're really early, guys. Yeah, yeah. Bubble um, hour. And what was right the now? One? And the other one. It's right, now. right now. Yeah. Are you familiar with those guys? Oh yeah, the three guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, they're the great. Is great. Yeah, yeah. So, Carol, when you were in early recovery, like the, the the very beginning first few months, I know for me, I couldn't like sit with my feelings or anything like that. So I was constantly looking for other things that were comforting me. You were, you know, finding books and finding podcasts, but what other things were you doing that were like comforting to you at the time? I didn't find comfort really in anything. I mean, I just felt really... Like, um, yeah, no, I, I just, um, all I could do was kind of what was in front of me, go to work. I cried on the way to work. I cried on the way home. Um, if I didn't know okay. what to do, I'd put my sneakers on and go for a walk. Um, I filled up my time with kind of attending to my mom's needs and focusing on her. I was very, very uncomfortable um, sitting with myself, identifying feelings, even knowing how to process. I would go see my therapist every week and just kind of um, help. She would help me kind of unpack. I had no idea um, the gravity of shame. I didn't understand the word as it applied to me. So unpacking, that was real big. And then what ended up happening is as you listen to episodes of podcasts, you just discover new people and uh, new places to find inspiration and support. So I would just um, spend my time looking at – you know, I remember early bubble hour episodes. Check out the anonymous people. It's a documentary film on Netflix. Check out My Name Was Betty, a documentary film on, I think, Amazon. And some of these were just 
right, just spot on for me. Um, And blogs. I found blogs to be – I just had no idea. You know, I had known people um, in recovery. Um, I just didn't – I just didn't know about the online community. I didn't know about the the support. Um, I knew about AA. I tried it. Um, It just wasn't – it just didn't seem like a fit for me. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. You know. And what did your therapist say about the fact that you didn't really um, click with the AA thing? Was that something that your therapist was like, oh, you need community? Or was it more just like you were working together and it was okay? No, I think it was okay. You know, she had – she was fine if I didn't really like AA. She was going to suggest SMART. There was a SMART recovery meeting right here in my town. Uh, But the day that it's it's offered wasn't always conducive for my schedule. Um, and mm-hmm. I was just stubborn, and I wanted to do it my way, and I hate being told what to do. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. But I did go. I tried quite a few of women's meetings. Um, um, Laura McCowan, I'm sure a lot of your listeners are familiar with her. She lives yeah. um, here on the North Shore with uh, near me. So I did reach out to her and went to a couple meetings with her and um, found comfort and um, she encouraged me to try a few here and there when she was attending. Um, and her podcast, her and Holly's, was really um, the home podcast. Instrumental. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was going to say, I remember seeing a picture of you and Laura on, I think, mm-hmm, our group, mm-hmm, um, our mm-hmm. online group that we're both part of. And um, mm-hmm. that's so cool that you reached out to her. Is did you feel mm-hmm. like a a real urge to connect with other people who were in sobriety or was it just so overwhelming that it was just kind of like trying different things? I think that might have been like when, you know, the dust was settling from um, closing out my dad's estate and I was really feeling the loneliness of of sobriety. She talks about that, her and Holly in some of their podcasts and I think in her blog. Um, So yes, I reached out. It was important at the time, like I needed to kind of start making connections because I wasn't like white knuckling it, but I, I did a lot of alone. I had a lot of alone time, um, mm-hmm. and I was busy. I worked full time, and I had my mom, and I had stuff. So um, it just kind of, I think recovery journeys just kind of um, evolve for you if if you just let them. I, I think sometimes it's just tincture of time, and yeah. you'll know what I to like do. that. You know what to do. And I think now, especially now, I'm much better at um, listening to my intuition and trusting myself, right? You you know what yeah. you if you sit and listen. Absolutely. Yeah. And we talked about a little bit before, I think before we started recording, about the fact that the things that, um, that resonate for you, like specific blogs or specific podcasts, um, mm. they may not be the same forever, but it's nice that they bring you comfort for a time. Yes, we had talked about, right, like, you know, I think you grow every year, every, you know, recovery is just, you, you're growing, so what what serves you well early on might not, um, I've kind of, my tastes and podcasts have changed, um, mm-hmm. right? And Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But pivotal in the beginning for me, I just couldn't get enough, I listened on my way in and, um, you know, my windshield time, I had plenty of it and I'd put my sneakers on and walk and then weekends I'd have more windshield time and I would, uh, put the podcasts on. Uh, that's where I, I, I learned, uh, so much, so much 
valuable information there. It's so, so great to hear other people's people. stories, too. And you, yeah, yeah, you don't totally. feel so alone out there in the world. Yeah, you can just say, like, oh, my God, me too, me too, me too, right? So, yes. Yeah. And yoga. Yoga was really good for me. Um, I needed to find activities that weren't um, alcohol-related. And um, <laughs> I had dabbled in yoga at the gym, but it wasn't okay. the same as, like, my yoga studio that I go to now. And um, that was a safe place. It was a soft place. And it filled time, and um, I went to my mat a lot, a lot. So that's something that you kind of had done at the gym, but it hadn't been as much of a spiritual mm-hmm. practice? Is, is no, that fair to say? no, it was not. It was not at all. I mean, I really just, you know, kind of would pop into a class or whatnot, not really getting it. But it was a, it was a good place. The, the yoga studio is a good place. Um, yeah, I think it's important that you find something that's just uh, not not boozy. Right, and hiking. That was another thing that I've most recently found. When you yeah, I'm going to ask you about hiking. hiking. You can, is that yeah, something you've done in, in just in sobriety? Yeah, no, no, yeah, just in sobriety. My niece called me one morning. She's like, "You want to go hiking?" And I'm like, "Yeah, of course." What time? She's like, "Well, let's go early." I'm like, "Yeah, sure." Three, four, five a.m. I'm up. Right? Like you're just a what? You're up. <laughs> so we, we we went early one Saturday morning. Like, oh, my God, there's just so much out there that you can do when you let go of the drink. So, yeah, my first introduction to, like, a real, real hike was um, in sobriety. So I live in Massachusetts in New Hampshire. There are 48 mountains that are um, above 4,000 feet. So wow, it's the, 40, the 48 club, right? So um, you can belong to the club and start checking off hike all 48 so um to date in sobriety i've hiked seven of the 4,000 footers and um, so cool. find, yeah it's cool it's really cool um i get i get a natural high up there and it's um it's it's time today it's day but you really feel empowered and it's just it's motivational and you can spend some time and hug a tree and smell the fresh air and summit the mountain and take in what you've just done. And it's really, really good. I love it. I love that. I yeah, love that. So I feel like there's a real therapy in being out there. Well, there's, you know, evidence that, right, being outside is really good for your mental game. It fights depression. I honestly believe it. Anytime you can get outside in early recovery, I would uh, advocate for that. Put your I agree with you. Pen. Put your right. Put your earbuds on and just um, right. Try to tap into somebody talking something about recovery that's going to inspire you. Mhm. I found mm-hmm. when I was listening to things, I think it was maybe a, I think it was maybe a home podcast episode. Um, I remember just getting like these little tiny nuggets, and I, I remember Laura saying one time um, that like when she was just feeling so crazy in her head, she needed to like get into yeah. her body by, by moving it. And that is just, yeah. has been so true for me. Do you have like, are there other things that you've heard that really you realized? Yes, that's something that like, it's really good advice for me personally, or did you just kind of like try different things out and then see what stuck? So I wrote this down. I, you know, I knew we were going to have this conversation so, yeah. um, and I wrote something about like tabla rasa, that expression about like a clean slate and just yeah, blank slate. throwing, 
right? Throwing shit on the wall and seeing what sticks, like spaghetti, right? Because that's what. Yes. Um, right. It's a it's a new exploration of self, and my God, I didn't know. I didn't know what I liked, what I didn't like. So yes, I would try, um, try things out. Go to the movies. Go to the museum. Go for a hike. Go to yoga. Go to Pilates. Go hire. I hired a trainer. I tried to go back to the gym. Like, what? What do you like? And you just have to kind of um, push yourself a little bit. But yeah, really experiment. too. You have to, and um, you have to change things. I think in some of the early vintage Bubble Hour episodes, Ellie talks about driving home um, a different route, right? Mm-hmm. Going out the door, a different door, in a different door. Do your laundry a different day. Move your furniture around. Don't sit in the chair that you drank in. Um, right? I had to yes. put a lot. Of, I had to do a lot of things different. I had to do a lot of things differently. So I got new furniture. Right? So nothing really. Good for you. Work. I love that. Um, the, the drinking. I don't have the drinking chair. It's gone. Jess, it's gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's. That's so great. I yeah. still have my drinking chair, and I don't sit yeah, in it no, nearly as fun. much because mm-hmm. it's just not – it doesn't bring me that comfort. Yeah. No, new chair. Got rid of the wine glasses. There's really no alcohol. There's nothing that's uh, – there's nothing in here. If somebody wanted love a glass of wine, and it'd really be hard-pressed to find a stem glass to drink it out of. And I, I really love that. Really, I really wouldn't care, right? <laughs> so, yeah. That's amazing. Right? And, then, and then I remember it took me a while. I, I – I had to kind of suffer silently and process it. It was a lot to unpack, um, just like, holy shit, why the hell did I just ruin my life? Um, but mm-hmm. fast forward to today, and oh, my God, why did I wait so long? Why did I wait so long? Because I think we all kind of know. We all know. Um, but, shit, society just doesn't make it easy. Um, no. And we're really, right, we do, we're doing some something that's really unconventional. Right. Um, but anyway, back to early days. It took about six months before I joined an online support group. It took a long time before I could tell my drinking friends, well, a couple that were a little bit more distant. But telling people who drank with me was like watching them take a bullet. People don't want to hear your good news. Some people just right. don't want to. They don't want to hear your good news. Um, and that was hard, letting go and just trusting mm-hmm. the process. Mm-hmm. Um, and year one, I just gave my per- myself permission to do anything, try anything, do anything, go anywhere, just don't drink. And that was mm-hmm. uh, that was it. And um, because it's a, it's a big deal. It's a lot of work. And um, I treated myself like with kid gloves. Pretend you're a fledgling that fell from the nest and... Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I love I that. To I, took, I, I took to my bed quite a bit. I cried a lot and I slept a lot. And I just um, held on tight and trusted trusted what others had told me. Right? And I did know people who had lived healthy lives in sobriety. I didn't really want to know too much prior to me getting yeah. sober. But I knew they existed. I knew. Right. Right. I mean, my dad, he he did it. He wasn't so pleasant, but, right, life goes on. I knew that. I knew that to be true, right? And at 50, at 48, when I quit, I'm like, oh, my God, really? Like, I'm done. Permission to be done. I have drank plenty. I have had really, really good times, good fun. But every decade I look back, it just 
regressed. It just got worse. It got darker. It mm-hmm. got more lonely. It got ugly. It got ugly. And I'm like, really? Like, where's, and I knew how, I knew, you know how the story's going to end. It's like, seriously. Right. And I'm in healthcare. I see it. I see it a lot. It's just really ugly. But denial is very powerful, very, very powerful. And um, I try not to, I try not to be too mad at myself. You know what you know when you know it. And you don't, don't yep. know what you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. And despite, right, having family, I, I still, not me, there's nothing to look at here. I'm fine. Everything's fine over here. Just nothing, <laughs> nothing to worry about over here, honey. <laughs> right? But Everything's great over here. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't I wasn't having a good time. I wasn't having a good time. But you know, the money that I saved um allowed me to go places. I went to see you know, I went to the She Recovers in New York City. I went to see Marianne Williamson. I went to see Don Miguel Ruiz. I went to I went to stuff because I could. Yeah. And, I mean, drink you not drinking, you save a lot of money. You really do. Mm-hmm. And did you go to that stuff um, by yourself? Did you go to that stuff by myself, with new people? By myself. That's no, the coolest. It was Good important that I had to learn how to um, advocate for self. I had to show up for self. I had to find self like self. I think the underbelly of my life was a complete um, unworthiness um, that mm. fueled my drink. And um, I had to unpack. I have to unpack that. And I still have to unpack that. Um, but you can unpack it all and we are all so worthy and we all have to just, I think we're here inherently to grow, to learn and to grow yeah. and help others. Right. So I'm really grateful. Um, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I never thought I'd say that. You never think you're going to say that in the beginning. You're like, you're <laughs> no, God, in the beginning. Right. Right. You never think you're going to be grateful to be sober. No. Yeah, no. So there's a lot of really nice people out there. There's a lot of really nice things to do. There's a lot of things to learn. I thought my life was so grand, right, with my $40 bottle of wine or whatever I was buying, right? Like, like I thought my life was full and grand. I, You know, I, it's, it was so small. It was so small and sad mm-hmm. and lonely and dark and depressing. It was really bad. And, they, t- you know, some of the girls you listen to wash, rinse, repeat, right, your weekends. And Monday's going to yep. be all new and shiny, right? And then, oh, please, right? <laughs> please. So true. Right? So did you get, did you kind of leave behind the heavy drinking friends, or what did that look like? So um, towards the end, I didn't, I had a couple, um, yes, I did, yes, I did. Um, one of them was my brother, and um he was not very happy, not very happy that um, I put down the drink. Um, yeah, I had to just let everything just um, fall by the wayside and concentrate on self and let the dust settle and see what emerges. And nothing is just, nothing's that urgent. Everything will just be what it'll be. And one of my girlfriends, I separated from her um, during year one and year two, and we've reestablished a friendship. So not all is lost. Sometimes it's, yeah, just, good. it's just somewhere else for a while, right? Right. Just kind of yeah. allow. 
Yeah. How about you? Did you keep? Do you still have drinking friends? Or? I still have some drinking friends, but I don't spend as much time with them. I mean, I, I wasn't spending a ton of time with them by the end anyway. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, I just kind of I feel like my life has a lot to do with being sober, and so I don't really know what to talk to those people about anymore. You know what I mean? Well, like, I can, like I'm like, I want to talk about how big life is, and they they don't really they don't care about how big life is. Like, I kind of feel like. Yeah. Do you experience that? Yeah. No, I love I love life now, and I can attest to that because, you know, you and I are on an online support group, and I see what you contribute. I see your contributions uh, there and here on this podcast, and um, good for you, right? So who ha- are you just? Things are just different, right? Your focus is different. Yeah, it's well, you know, when people ask on like the online group that we're in, um, when people ask like, you know, how do I basically keep my life the same but stop drinking? And it's like you can't. <laughs> like, and you don't want to hear that when you're drinking. You don't want to hear that your life is going to be completely different. But I it don't is. know anyone who's gotten sober who doesn't say that their life is so much better. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I like gratitude, too. I try to run. I think that's where you kind of see how your life is different. I really enjoy the clarity that I have in my life. I really enjoy the freedom that I have. I really enjoy um, the compassion I have around people. I'm a better listener. Mm-hmm. I'm a better employer, employee. Um, you know, it's it's good. It's all good. It's like the magic pill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really is. It really Do you is. still and, uh, see the same therapist? Um, no, no. I kind of um um went a year and then um I got kind of tired of it and her schedule was not at all conducive to mine and I was getting angered and resentful toward meeting and we were just um I kind of felt like we had exhausted uh a year's full of grief and cry and whatever and permission to just um be by myself i and and then i did seek out another therapist for a while um and we too he he was just all about 12 steps and the program Mm -hmm. and i just wasn't going to go that route and we just were not going to see eye to eye and we were both kind of just like stubborn mules staring at each other every time i went to see him and then i just kind of gave myself permission and i had wanted to (laughs) to just like just leave me alone for a while, people. My mom had kind of, she got, she was good. Everyone was in a good place. And then I needed to just sit with self. And I didn't want to yeah. go to therapy. I didn't want to be told what to do. I just wanted to see what was going to bubble up for me and listen and just trust my intuition and trust myself, which I was not comfortable ever doing. So, um, and I felt I have a really good inner circle and I'm a, I have to be accountable, and people would know if I was really falling off. And I have a lot of really good real-life sober friends that I've met through the online group that is just right. I, I felt safe in just saying, like, I'm just going to let go a little bit and see see what's going to bubble up for me. Um, you know? And, and when did you start uh, doing that? When did you go on that uh, kind of, like, I need to be by myself know, kind of path? Like, maybe last year. Maybe last okay. Year. And then I found this woman. She does kind of um. She kind of does like um he uh sound healing 
with your chakras yeah. and um, biofields. Cool. So I kind of work with her, and um, I get a lot of a lot of pearls and inspiration from her, and um, I do that. And I just, just yoga. I, I have a routine, um, I, and of of late, which is just so wonderful, that um, I started a meditation practice. So I get up earlier in the morning and carve out ten minutes, and I meditate. And um, that's really been good. Really been that's good. That's so great. I love meditating. For my day. And I, I never would have done that. But, again, I think it's just kind of trusting the recovery process and letting things unfold for you as, as they're supposed to. And, um, yeah. So, yeah. I love that you go about this in such, like, an intuitive – I mean, led by your intuitive – intuition, excuse me. Did that – was that something that was – in your life when you were drinking or is that something that has just like kind of exploded for you since you got sober? Well, I think probably both. I mean, I don't think I would be doing this and having, um, I, I don't think I'd be like this if I were in my twenties or thirties. I don't think I would have the life's kind of lessons and the, uh, right. Street. Just, I, I just think as you get older, you just kind of get a little more tuned to, to what's going on. So mm-hmm. maybe it's a combo. I mean, I wasn't, I, I have um I have a master's degree. I'm proud of that. I went back to school when I was 40. Um I worked hard. I showed up. Um I just not not in not like a not like I am now. I was much more reactionary to things and like and I just had really shitty coping coping skills. <laughs> I didn't have any. I went home right. and drank. I went home and drank. Um so yeah, maybe it's an age thing. Maybe it's an age thing, Jess. I don't know. But I do commend I don't know either. Um, all young moms and people that like young. But I I think it's just so it's such the right thing to do. Booze is so stupid. So stupid now. Now that I see it through a different lens, I'm just like, oh my god. It's I I feel empowered. I like to go out and not drink. Yeah. I just think it's sober is the new sexy. Um. Amen, sister. I, yeah, right. It's so nice to wake up without a hangover. Oh, <laughs> I mean, oh, when you go out, oh. it's so nice to wake up just feeling like maybe a little tired because you stayed up late and not just like it's death. Isn't that like night and day? I mean, I can have oh, a night's sleep and it does it pales in com- to com- in comparison to a nasty hangover. That was the worst. Oh yeah. That was the worst. Oh yeah. I mean, appreciating a cup of coffee now is just it's just so nice. Yeah. Oh, my cool. God. I appreciate coffee. <laughs> I, I seriously think that will never get old. Yeah. Drinking is a lot of work. It was a lot of work. I'm glad I let go. And I think, you know, what What? What I kind of knew, I wrote this down somewhere, too, is I think once, for me, I realized that everything that I wanted was on the other side of the drink. That mm-hmm. was a big impetus for change. And I knew that to be true. And and. Once and I don't know. It's just I don't know how it works, how you do it. But if you get the window, just take it. Don't just take it and hang on tight and just keep going. Yeah. Right. What kinds of things did you want that, that were on the other side of drinking? Like what kinds of things uh, did well, you when you yes, were? I, <laughs> I wanted I wanted an intimate relationship. I failed at that miserably. I mean, my dating life was just, it was a shit storm. It was, it was just ridiculous. 
right? And that mm-hmm. was another thing that really kind of um, really kind of shifted. Um, yeah, it, bad, 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 bad. Um, there was no way that anybody was going to put up with the amount of drinking, I, the amount of booze I could put down and the bullshit around it. And um, I just didn't know that. I just knew this is not how I want my legacy to be. I don't want to go. Yeah. And there's nothing really attractive about a 40-some-odd-year-old drunk with red-stained teeth and glasses smashing here and there and forgetting and waking up and trying to put the pieces together. I used to take notes when I was drinking and dialing. I couldn't even read them in the morning. I couldn't even read them, Jeff. I mean, it was so, right? Like, oh, the walk of shame to the kitchen counter. Like, who did I call? Who did I text? What did I do? Like, oh, my God. And then there was this guy I met, and uh, we were going to meet for brunch on a Sunday, and we were texting Saturday, and then it turned into sexting Saturday late evening or early evening. And then the phone rang, and then he rang. And I answered, and I couldn't even complete a sentence. I couldn't complete a sentence. And, um, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm just like, you know what? I wanted more out of life. And I knew, I always kind of felt as a drinking person that I would sit at the bar stool and talk a good storm. I'm going to take up golfing. I'm going to go here. I'm going to do this. I'm going to try whatever, right, and just talk it and never, never act. And I always kind of felt yeah. like I was watching everyone else live life behind a pane of glass. And, um, yeah, mm-hmm. and I was sad and angry and lonely and bitter and salty, and it just it was not becoming. It was not becoming. So I think I was ready. I was, I was tired of it. And it, it, I, I'm not saying it's easy. It's not. I mean, come on. It's not easy, Jeff, right? Um, but... I don't miss it. I don't miss it. I don't. I don't either. I really. I really don't. don't miss it. I can't stand the smell of it. I find it just. Um, I find it childlike and stupid, and pathetic. And and the memes on the Facebook and like Erin, like we talked about Erin, with her tell better stories. Mm-hmm. Man, I just she's just doing marvelous work out there. That just reminds me. Yeah, there's Jesus. just it's just such a nothing such good. A, no, nothing good comes from it's alcohol. It's such a waste. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. Such a waste. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So I I think um I just look at it differently. I have a different lens. Um, I show up more to my life, and it's just way better. Way better. Me too. I love that. Right? And yeah. your kids, Jess. I mean, you'll have your kids will be. Oh, just so much better. You'll have yes. people just know will know you because I'm telling I you, know. growing up with an alcoholic parent is bad. It's bad. Mm. It's just you know, it's not no bueno, no bueno. <laughs> well, it sounds like you have just done so much work since you got sober on healing yourself, and well, and I still have a just, I still have a long way to go. I still I'll never say that um. Sure, it's a process, uh, just a right? work in progress. Yeah, just a work in progress. But I think, um, yeah, I'm just grateful. I'm just so grateful. I'm grateful to have met you and others on the online group and the support out there, this community there. Uh, feel the fear and do it anyway. Just take take steps. So there's this other guy that I really enjoy, Rich Roll. 
Um, yes, I love the ritual. And the ritual podcast, right? So mm-hmm. um, I've just um, obsessed over him, but he had an Instagram post. I don't remember when, but I took a, you know, I, I copied it. But he talks about, I think this his little um, blurb here talks more about his workouts and stuff, but I'll read it to you. He says, um, consistency beats intensity, consistency beats volume, consistency beats passion, consistency dictates results. Consistency is what defines character. It's what, it's about what you do daily. It's the anonymous micro actions undertaken regularly that dictate not just what you can achieve, but who you are as a human. The past is the past. So I ask, what are you doing right now? And I read that a lot. And I think, like, you know, a lot of people who are on the struggle bus and get off and get on and get off and get on, like, just keep doing it. Like, just be consistent. Just make those micro actions every day. It will it'll pay off. Yeah. And, um, if somebody told me, like, five, three, year, three and a half years ago that I'd be waking up every morning with a meditative a meditation practice, I'd be like, you're, you're fucking nuts. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, and I just, um, I just thought that was so powerful. Just be consistent. And even if, however you show up for yourself, just keep doing it. Keep doing it. Yeah. And it, and it really like, you know, it does start with those micro changes. Like you can mm-hmm. just do the smallest mm-hmm. thing differently and mm-hmm. it can really, Add up to some big change. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's a lot. It's um. Yeah. You can change. Well, Carol. Change. Thank you so much for being on today. You have been such a fun interview, and it's so oh, good well, to get thanks. to chat with you about all of this. Well, stuff. I wish I wish we were closer. Um, but yes. I know. So me thanks. too. We live on opposite uh, sides yeah. of the country. I know. I know. <laughs> but again, I'm just so proud of you for um launching your podcast. I think it's wonderful. You um we all will help people and I'm glad you called upon me. I was a little nervous. Um but I'm glad I could do it. I'm glad I did it. Thank you but so much for it. sharing your story. I know it's gonna help people. I'm so glad yeah. you did it too. Yeah, yeah. Um anytime. Anytime. Maybe you should get like a round table and just have like, you know, topic and kind of like coffee talk get more people. Wouldn't that be kind of fun? That would be fun. That would absolutely be fun. If we do that, I for sure will call on you. <laughs> anyway, I'm glad it could help. All right, so my thank friend. You. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Friends. Thank you again for coming back to Sober in the Sunshine. And I wanted to let you know, I will be back more often. And I decided that even those weeks that I don't have um, interviews, I'm going to talk to you about different things that um, come up in sobriety, different tips we can all use, shit like that. Basically, I'm going to do like those little in-between episodes. I'm going to do them more regularly. So... I hope you will enjoy those with me. And also, thanks just for being here. You're awesome. All right. Have a good week, everybody. Bye-bye.